All right. We're rolling. Rolling. What podcast is it? I think it's 19. 19. All right. Welcome to this mother podcast number 19. Uh, we haven't done one in a few weeks because we've been super busy. I've been traveling quite a bit, and Sammy's been masturbating uh, profusely. And uh, Never get the technique down. It takes practice. It takes practice. Um, so, yeah, we are in a fucking uh, basement right now. And as we mentioned at one point, <laughs> we lost the garage. Yep, mentioned a few times. but Yeah, our landlord basically wanted it back. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but... Um, Sammy moved most of our stuff out of there, and then we kind of brought it down into this basement in an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Um, we're setting up a little office in this area, but it's not set up yet. Maybe we'll sh- we'll probably show that at some point or another. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I think we're going to talk about just a few random things, a little bit about my travels, because I've been, I think since the last, pod- yeah, since the last podcast we did, um, I've been to China twice, and I've also been to Hawaii, which is not that interesting really because i just went to kind of relax and to sleep or whatever (laughs) um but uh other than that i guess it's just a bunch of obviously a bunch of random shit going on in politics and sports um with trump pulling out of the paris agreement with a lot of random terror attacks in the uk and the i guess they had some elections and they they miscalculated yeah yeah what's her name Theresa may Theresa may yeah yeah i guess thought that cons- i think that she thought she was going to capitalize on these terror huh. attacks and that yeah was yeah gonna make more people vote conservative it's a little unnerving yeah but it kinda, do you have any british friends i don't think i do have any i do have a few well i don't have like friends that live there but i have like i have a co-worker who's british um he lives here now um I haven't talked to him about it, even though I saw him today. I didn't bring yeah. it up. He's, he's definitely like talking to the. He's definitely like the... super anti-Trump, though. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so he's probably pretty happy with what happened. How old, in, how old is election. he? He's he's probably like thirty, somewhere between thirty and thirty-five is my hmm. guess. Probably like thirty, That's close to thirty-five. Young, yeah. yeah, he's a young dude. He's got a kid. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so the travels. I think that was the one thing we wanted to talk about, and just uh, one thing I kept thinking about as I was traveling is that like. There's this whole like, well, basically I'm traveling for business for like a very good company who basically, you know, does business travel for us, which is pretty nice, like top of the line business travel. We get to fly business, um, pretty much whatever airline we want, as long as it's reasonable. Um, And then we go to these five star hotels in China. So it's all really nice travel. So like, first of all, let me just get that out of the way that I'm not complaining but I am going to complain because <laughs> it is such like, and the reason they do that is because if they didn't do that, everybody would quit because it's so fucking miserable. Just otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, anything below anything below yeah. that would be really miserable yep. for the amount of travel that they make people do and work. Right. Yeah. Sure. Basically the work, you know? Yeah. Um, like somebody was asking me today, um, I'm mentoring this person, by the way. This is a whole other fucking thing. But she was like, oh, it's so cool. You got to go to China. I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, I, I wish I could have stayed. Um, but I used to have, I have a job that I, where I travel a lot. So none of this is new to me. That's why it's not really that novel because I've been to China over 50 times at this point. But um, where was I going with this? Yeah, I guess the impression is that it's fun and it's cool. And it is for the first few trips. Like, it's like, oh, shit, look where we are. And then you're staying, yeah. like, in, I mean, you basically stay, like, in, like, the hotels are, like, Grand Hyatt's or, um, 
there's this one called the St. Regis I stayed in. Dude, they have a butler. Huh. Like, when you get to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. a tuxedo and shit? Uh, not a tuxedo, but a suit. Hmm. Like, basically, like, I checked in. And so, this was in Shenzhen. I stayed in this hotel called the St. Regis. The building is 100 stories. Holy shit. It's 100 floors. And the hotel lobby is on the 96th floor. <laughs> And the hotel runs from the 75th floor up to the 100th floor. Holy shit. So you go, you get in the elevator. There's a doorman who's like, are you staying at the hotel? Whatever. You go in yeah. with your, in the lobby and they wand you in and you go to the 96th floor. And then like, they have like all these chairs where you sit down to check in. Huh. And there's like, everybody's super friendly and there's like a lot of employees. Cause in China, that's the other thing. Like, I guess, you know, it's cheap enough to have like a lot of employees. Uh -huh. So there's just a shitload of people helping you, like for every mm -hmm. little thing. And then, like, whatever I checked in, okay, it's a nice hotel. Um, but the thing is, like, the rooms, I mean, it's super nice. And if anybody normally went there, they'd be pretty expensive. But because we have so many people traveling for business, mm -hmm. they cut deals with the hotels. Where like the hotels are it's actually, like a hostel. <laughs> it's like a, a dorm. Ass, yeah. They're like dorms for you know this company, and the rooms are end up being probably like one hundred and twenty five dollars a night, hmm. which is not crazy, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you'd pay at this motel six around the corner here. <laughs> you yeah, because like remember when Chingo would come and stuff, it was yeah. like one fifty and shit. So you're paying like one twenty five, <laughs> one fifty for a hotel, a five star hotel in China, and then um, go to the room, I check in, and there's a little note, dear Mister Beltran, thank you for choosing the Saint Regis. For any of your needs, please pick up the phone and dial zero. Um, your butler, Lonnie. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, there's a butler? And then like three minutes later, I'm fucking like in my underwear taking a shit. Like I just want to take a shower and I'm taking a dump and the fucking doorbell starts ringing. And it's like, it's your butler. And I was like, what the fuck? And I fucking like pinch it off and like <laughs> put a t-shirt on that walked to the door. I'm like, yeah. He's like, hello, Mr. Butler. I'm Lonnie. I'm your butler. Can I get you anything? Would you Holy like some shit. coffee? And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Thank you. He's like, okay. Do you wipe asses? <laughs> Dude, that's what we were joking about. Like, because I told my... They probably do. Yeah, I told my coworker. Crazy shit. I told my coworker, I was like, Dude, there's butlers in this hotel. He's like, yeah, they fucking ring the doorbell right when you need your ass wiped. And I was like, damn, that's hilarious. Because it's true. You pretty much like get to the hotel. You want to take a dump. Yeah, yeah. They should time that better. They should know. Yeah, they research. should. <laughs> and then they ring it twice. They're like, ding, 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 ding. You're like, <laughs> fuck, chill. That's wild. Um, so it's really nice. Um, but, I mean, the way it typically works is like, you know, we have a bus that picks us up and takes us to these factories. Mm -hmm. And they pick us up at 8. So it's like, you fucking go to work at 8. And then the bus goes. And then you're there all fucking day. And then at the factory, they'll have buses on the hour starting at 6.30 all the way to 12.30 a.m. Shit. So if you just get your shit done or whatever, mm. if you have to stay late, if you yeah, stay yeah. later, then you have to call a cab or whatever. But mm. you pretty much just want to go back to the hotel and, like, fucking shower and sleep, which is basically what happens. It's not, like, any sort of leisure trip at all, you know? For sure. Um, Where is Shenzhen again in relation to, like... Shen Shanghai or Shenzhen is in the southeast, so it's basically right on the border, uh, right on the water, and it's on the border with Hong Kong. Hmm. So you fly into Hong Kong and then you take a car, like across the border, hmm. or a taxi, or uh, you know whatever, like a train and shit. But um, that's the other thing. I'm really, really bad with travel planning. Like 
when I take trips with Larissa, Larissa's always annoyed because I'm just like, where do I go? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't plan anything. I just don't like to do it. And so even when I fucking take these these work trips, I always forget to like reserve a car. So like I did that this time, like I was on the flight out there and I was like, oh shit, how the fuck am I getting to Shenzhen? Because I just had the flight to Hong Kong. Yeah. And so then I just like, got, when I got to Hong Kong, I just like got on my phone and started searching like how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and like basically I just took a taxi from the Hong Kong airport to the border. And then you like just walk across the border. Huh. And you do, you have to do two. So even though, Hong, so Hong Kong is a, Hong Kong used to be independent. You know, it was a a British colony yep. up until 20 years ago. That's kind of wild. Yeah, it is crazy. <clears throat> and now it's known as an SAR, which is a special administrative region, which is owned by the Chinese. But it's like, I think what they call it, like one country, two rules or something. Yeah, yeah. So they have like kind of like different freedoms there. Uh, they can vote and all this shit. But really, it's just a fucking bullshit. Like it's, it's, but there's still a border there and it's controlled between... Hong Kong between mainland and Hong Kong. Right, right. So first you have to exit Hong Kong and do the border thing, and hmm. then there's like a like a no man zone that you walk through, and then you do the Chinese border. Hmm. So it's kind of treated. Are like there like, two, like a shitload of people that are doing that all? Yeah, time? yeah. There's people coming back and forth, and you know what's crazy is like a lot of Chinese people, rich people, they go into Hong Kong to buy stuff like Western stuff because mm-hmm. there's like because things are more regulated, you can trust stuff more like medicine. And like what well, like this thing that happened like five or ten years ago was like people in China were buying baby powder, uh, what like formula. Yeah. And it was it was like had a percentage of like melamine. It just had filler. It was hmm. fake. Yeah. It was like and it was making babies sick. Jesus. And so people don't trust formula in China now. Huh. And so people will go to Hong Kong and just to buy baby formula. And other shit. Shit. So when you're and, when, and people can go in and out easily. It's some not like, people can. Hmm. Like that's why I say it's like mostly rich people. Right. Right. And you'll just see them walking, and they're carrying bags of fucking baby formula. And there's all these signs saying like only X amount of baby formula. Allowed. What the fuck? It's kind of weird. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so there's stuff like that. Like that. You know, you can trust stuff more in Hong Kong because there's more regulations with regards to pharmaceuticals and food and shit like that. Um, anyway, yeah, so I cross the border and then when I get to China, like I just find a cab to take me from the border to the hotel, but none of those fools speak any English. Yeah, yeah. So then I just like, okay, Google like translation I Google, well, I just search for the hotel uh-huh. and then I make sure it's on the Chinese mode and I'm just like, you know, take me here. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay. And that's kind of how, how I did it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can, the, the business travel thing has a thing that you can set up a car and it's like a Mercedes van. Mm-hmm. And they'll literally take you from the airport right, all right. the way to the hotel. But I just get lazy. And that's actually kind of really expensive. But not that it's a lot of money for the company. Yep. But, um, but yeah, business travel is weird, man. Like I was telling uh, you, like um, business class is really nice. It's pretty much like there's not a lot of difference between first class and business class. Um, and so you get like all these foods and drinks and it's weird. It's kind of like I felt you, you you feel like you're like a veal, like a cattle, like being led to slaughter because <laughs> as soon as you get on the plane, like they just start feeding you. And like when you sit down, they hand you like a champagne. Would you like some champagne, Mr. Beltran? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, dude, whatever you want. And then like like pretty much like 40 minutes after the flight takes off, they do a first meal. They do three meals. 
over 14 hours. Yep. And it's all like, I mean, linens and real cutlery and I don't know. It's weird. Like you just eat a shitload. Actually, like this battery is about to die, but I'm going to, I'm just going to keep chatting. I don't give a shit. I was like thinking about it one time. I was like, all people are doing is just flying in the sky and everybody's eating and you're just like gorging and gorging. And then like after like that first meal, people like they, they'll do the full meal and then they'll bring ice cream like fucking Sundays. They'll make you like they come on of the cart where they do like customized Sundays. And then there's a cheese cart with like blue cheese and like, I don't know, like five different cheeses and port. Um, and then what's worse is like fucking like an hour after that, everyone just starts farting. And it's not good. But the last time I was just like, man, I'm eating a lot and I'm drinking a lot. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write everything down that I ate and drank on this flight. So I have it written down just to see how obnoxious it is. Where the fuck is this? Man, I, I was just eating. Like, I had like six whiskeys. Uh, it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, none of this is really that interesting other than to say that every bastard who's flying business class is pretty much just gorging themselves. And it's like you're kind of like, trying to be as like not miserable as possible but you end up more miserable because you eat so much yeah and by the time you get off you just want to take like a big dump <laughs> and that's that's business travel nice so yeah. what it what do you do exactly to people that don't know if you can talk about that in some fashion um yeah I, I, basically i'm a mechanical engineer and so we're doing new product development and um, anytime a product is ramping, we go to the factories and we, I think I've talked about it before, but basically like you're going to the factory where products are made, where electronics are made. And, um, it's a whole process of like doing engineering and validation and testing. And usually things get really crazy about three, like six months before the product ramps. Things yep. get really crazy because yep. you go from a few prototypes to, you know, thousands of units a day or whatever. Um, and yeah, you're just, you're working at these factories, man. And, and, you know, what I used to do was go to the individual factories that made the parts. And then those parts would send it to the big factory that does the final assembly. Yeah. And now I'm going to the final factory, which is the final assembly factory, um, which is a whole different <laughs> thing. And Yeah, that is kind of crazy to think about. Um, you're describing like the uh, the team your or your team, your company. Uh, you know, rents out these hotels and then the, the groups of people will go to wherever they need to go throughout the day and then come back all yeah. to make the shit that we use every day. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, how would you describe it to someone that is sort of unaware of uh, that process or what or what, what do you take from it or what? Because, you know, me or most people, I don't think really sit down and think about where the fuck this shit comes from. And um, yeah, I mean, what, since you're literally right there in the final assembly factory. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, how does, What would be, like, the comparison here in America if there is one to... Yeah, I mean, like, like a car factory. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, basically, like, car fact, Like, if you, the general car factory that you would think of is doing the final assembly of a car, and then at the very end it rolls off. Yeah. And then it, like, they cover it with some plastic stuff yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah. know that's kind of uh, for sure basically what they call like the fi the final factory is like fatp which is final assembly test and packaging so pretty much as soon as those um 
those products are done you know they put them into the packaging that is gonna ship out to to customers shit and you know it's in a it's in a box that's the same one you're gonna get and it might get in put into a bigger box with a whole bunch of them or something like that but yeah. i mean i've heard things uh in these regions where you know these companies where you have a company like making xboxes or whatever like or iphones or you know surface tablets or whatever the things that are really high volume yeah like they're cranking these things out every day and there are several airplanes you know there's 10 airplanes every day filled with this product that holy shit every single day <laughs> that are just flying out across the world across yeah and then you know they're going to europe they're going to wherever you know yeah. and they're shipping this stuff out and i mean there's right, that many fucking people <laughs> like uh, dude like this is just one company right of of yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can't get into the details of like the the you know any of the details of the the stuff that I work on and the the company that I work for. I can't like talk about it, but it is a lot of people, and it's like a lot of. I mean, these are Westerners out there because it's Westerners who are the the what you call like the OEM original equipment, uh, not OEM, but they're like the OEDs, OE original equipment designers. It's basically like you know the companies that have the brands yeah so it's like the apple the sony whatever but sure the factories are owned by other people so no yeah i meant i meant like that there's people like consumers that the the that require the the, the, the demand is like always oh, geez, it's crazy <laughs> that's pretty wild to think about it is crazy to think about and like there's know, like a there's a finite amount of people right <laughs> but there's there like, is but things break and there's new yeah. ones yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah. easiest way yeah. that I, the crazy if for the one time that it really hit me how much shit the world needs and how much money can be made is when you look around the world and everybody's wearing a pair of shoes hmm. and then you realize why these companies like nike and whatever can be so big and make yeah. so much money because yeah. everyone needs a pair of shoes and now everyone uses a phone yep and then generally speaking, now it, phones are like shoes where you get a new one every year. Yep. So <laughs> if you think of that, you know, there are how many, six billion people in the world, then, yep. you know, that's a shit of shoes and phones and yeah. all these consumables that, that people buy and that <laughs> has to be made somewhere. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's big, the Westerners that are there and kind of the thing that like my role and the role of other people like me is like, you know, cause you work for a company in another part of the world and you designed it and you just have to go out there and that's the most efficient way at the end of the day to make sure it's being made right. Otherwise you're like, okay, send me a sample when you look at it and you're like, oh no, you write an email, but yeah. then it takes another like yep. all that shipping time just fucking stretches everything out. Yep. So it's much more efficient to be there on the ground. Um, and yeah, when you go to these hotels, they're just filled with Westerners hmm. or, you know, Europeans or whatever. There are fish people from all over the world there who are doing the same thing for their own companies, whether it's clothing or whatever sort of household product. Um, it is just filled with people. And like, I went to this one factory and like, we're like, you know, that's us, our company in one conference room in one area and you walk by and the like look in and like oh i think those people are from google and they're like oh shit i think those people are from like <laughs> sony yeah you know so everybody's at the same factory shit but you know, they're all different companies like in the ho- in the hotel i was in the lobby or is in breakfast because you eat breakfast at the hotel yeah and i was like i told somebody i was like those folks look like they might work for uh, the same you know company we work for 
And he's like, I don't know. I don't know who they are. And I kind of looked and I see the T-shirts and they were like wearing Nest, uh-huh. you know, like the, right, right. the thermostat or, yeah. or drop cam. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're Google guys. Cause Google owns sure. Them. Uh, and yeah, you know, because mm. it's all right there. You drive around and there's just like factory, 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 factory. Yep. And the one sad thing is that like the fucking pollution and mm. is awful. Mm-hmm. Like I probably saw the sun like a blue, I probably saw the blue sky once. Holy shit! Over two weeks. Yep. It's just that bad. It's fog. It's brutal. It's, yeah. Yeah. I can see why China wants to work on that whole climate change thing. <laughs> not us though. <laughs> yeah, not us. Our skies are blue. We're good. <laughs> Fuck all that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. If there's yeah, if there's anything that yeah you could that someone could take away that doesn't know about this process. I like, what I what I've what I'm getting, like a shitty American like consumer who doesn't know this shit. <laughs> what I would what I'm and this is probably dovetails with like a book I just read, which I which I think which I'll talk about a little bit because I think it's fucking dope and everybody should read it. But um, just the amount of waste and the yeah. amount of resources it takes to make products is so ridiculous yeah. that I think like people need to be aware of and like really think about like how they dispose of things yep. and try to get the most out of them as possible, whether that's like, you know, using your phone for two years instead of one year or making sure that, you know, you resell it or give it to someone who could really use it. Uh, Basically, so it doesn't end up in a landfill. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's at the end of its life and it really doesn't work anymore, then make sure that it gets to like an e-recycling place or whatever. But um, there's so much shit, man. So much shit that gets made. And um, we're like really kind of <laughs> like killing the the earth in many ways. Like one of the, actually one of the cool things that I'm working on is some of the stuff I'm working on is uh, the materials that we're making it out of is out of um, not recycled stuff, but basically like if you make a part, like let's say you make this, I'm kind of hesitant to touch this because I don't know. <laughs> it's like a stand or yeah. something. So this fucking thing, I'm holding like a bookshelf. A plastic a bookshelf plastic for bookshelf. all you audio listeners. Um, yeah, it's a big plastic bookshelf and this is molded out of plastic. And so this is made in a big tool that injects plastic into it. But when you do that, there's a bunch of stuff that, like the tool has things like pipes that inject the plastic into it. Yeah. And you end up having to like cut that, those pipes off each time. So you end up with a bunch of waste. Shit. And on a lot of parts, imagine if this thing had uh, like a big hole in the center, you might have to fill that hole anyway Hmm. and then cut it away. Yeah. So you end up with even more waste. So one of the things I'm working on right now is basically like making something out of that waste from the process of other parts. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the big initiatives at the place I work at, which is like trying to be less wasteful about materials and not just recycling it on the open market, which is like reselling it, but actively like taking it and repurposing it for other tools or parts within the company. So that's really cool. Like, like seeing that and like, um, like literally you are left with piles and piles of scrap from parts and you're like, well, normally it just kind of gets reground and recycled, but the quality is kind of technically lower each time you do that. But, um, so that's kind of a thing I think to consider is just like manufacturing can be really, really wasteful unless you're really thoughtful about how you do it. Yep. Um, 
and that's going back to what I was saying a second ago. I read this book called The Sixth Extinction. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's fucking dope. It actually won like I don't know if it won a Pulitzer. I think it won a Pulitzer. Hmm. Uh, it definitely won like some New York. It was a New York Times bestseller for a long time, and it's won a bunch of awards. But uh, basically, like um, I didn't know this, but there have been five major extinctions over the period of the Earth, and this is like you know geological um, uh, markers show this. Like basically, like uh, due to ice ages and like sure. that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the sixth extinction is the current one we are in. Hmm. And the theory is that the, this extinction is is being driven by man. And hmm. so it's known as the Anthropocene. Hmm. And basically it's global warming due to, you know, our activities over sure. the last, you know, basically 300 years. Yep. Um, and basically, like, it's really cool because it goes into the history of extinction and just the whole concept of it and, like, how basically like 200 years ago, nobody really knew that was possible. Like if you told somebody like, oh, there used to exist an animal here, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's all these animals. Like that's all that existed. That's all that God put here. Yeah. And that's all that there ever will be. And they're not going to go extinct, you know? Yep. And so what started happening was like in the, sometime in the early 1800s, like people in Europe, a few people started getting into um, fossils (laughs) and they found like these really big fossils and like, when the when people started settling the the Americas and and uh, basically like the U.S., there's this region in the in mi- in the Midwest. I forget where it is exactly, but it's like Ohio or some shit like that. But they basically started finding uh, mastodon, yeah, you know, fossils, <laughs> and they were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> so everybody was looking for this animal. Like, yeah. where's this animal? Yeah, and they're like you know, we don't see any of this animal, but we found some of its bones because they were preserved in some of these swamps or some tar pits or some shit like that. And basically these bones were really interesting and some people started collecting them in Europe and some people started studying them and trying to put them together. And basically over a period of, I think like 50 years or so, like the concept of extinction came about and they were like, oh shit, like this is an animal that's no longer here. Like what happened to it? Mm -hmm. So they started studying like fossils and um it basically like there's what's what has emerged through that study and through geological studies and looking at basically like effectively looking at dirt and levels of dirt is you can see these phases of like you know there used to be water here so there were like sharks here (laughs) these ancient Mm -hmm. sharks or whatever and then like before that there was actually land mammals and so you can see how like you know the world has evolved and part of that was like the whole like what do they call it the when the continents were like all stuck together pangea pangea yeah mm-hmm. the concept of the pangea involved yeah. in that that sort of shit um at one point what's crazy is that at one point when they look when you look at that earth record um there's a gap there's like nothing hmm. it just stops and they're like what the fuck happened here yep and people just say oh like you know they had all these different theories for it and at one point they were trying to figure out like how much time that was and I guess there was this uh, way to test like with iridium, like kind of like carbon dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they used it to t- when they used iridium to test it, they were like, what the fuck? This iridium is off the charts. It mm-hmm. was like nothing. had. It was like you just dropped full iridium in it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then they thought about it and they're like, iridium is on asteroids. Hmm. They're like, right. oh, shit. So the last one, the fifth uh, 
basically extinction was the, a fucking asteroid shit hit the earth and caused like basically a big global temperature event and that hit outside of um there's a big crater outside of like the yucatan peninsula right right and so that was a big one in terms That's of the, the fucking dinosaur one or the yeah right right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's the dinosaur yeah one. yeah so so yeah it's kind of crazy but um it's cool because it explains the theories of extinction the history of that is pretty cool. Like the science behind it yeah. and the people behind it. And also it. the cultural, yeah, the the people, yeah, like you're saying, that people, the the idea of extinction yeah, that's being something so recent is yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it's cool because it talks, like it, the way this book is written, The Sixth Extinction, is like kind of like anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Like she talks about like Darwin and like these people who are like doing this and like basically like very personal stories of how they came about findings and like why they didn't believe this until they changed their mind and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then basically the a big chunk of the book um, obviously is devoted to the sixth extinction, which is now. Hmm. And the main takeaway I, I took from it is that like um, global warming has happened before. And it's so the problem, the, the challenge is that like a lot of people say and pe- people say that like, oh, no, this has happened before. Like yep. it's not not man-made. Sure. The, the, the thing, it's like a misnomer. It's not the right thing to call it. They need to call it either man-made global warming hmm. or accelerated global warming because that's really the problem. Because even in the past when it has happened, it's happened over like thousands of years mm-hmm. or tens of thousands or like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. So the temperature changes we're seeing now over 200 years yep. would normally have happened over hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. And, and so uh, in like... From the- industrial age onward <laughs> yeah basically like we've caused what what normally would have happened you know maybe in like thousands and thousands yeah, and yeah. thousands and tens of thousands of years we're doing in a couple hundred years and that's the problem is that yeah. animals and shit can't keep up with it yep and you know you could argue well it's still natural because it is our fault and yeah that's true that's but it's fucked up but yeah no it's true but it's also it would also be natural if we decided to stop it yeah, yeah. or to reverse it as much as possible yeah, or yeah. you know or to slow it down or whatever sure. um and so yeah it's the accelerated part that's really fucked up and it's the fact that we that the expansion of humans into basically every corner of the earth has basically wiped out like all these animals like they talk about like yeah. um, when when a bunch of like basically like these Viking type dudes or like sailors were like first discovering North America and discovering like Newfoundland and Greenland and like Iceland and all this shit. Like they would show up and they'd be out of food and they would show up on these islands kind of like, you know, have you seen those videos with all those penguins, mm-hmm. like a shitload of fucking penguins? Yeah. Well, there was like a, a bird called the auk, which was like a penguin. But in like North America, it was like this big fucking like. Hmm kind of like a basically a flightless bird really big and fat and only has one chick a year hmm. and so they they were really numerous but they and they thrived on this one island but over literally like 20 years all these sailors they ate them they they just fucking obliterated them hmm. so they're extinct huh. and like there's a record there's literally a record of when they went and killed the last one <laughs> It's fucking really, really sad. That's crazy. And, like, they would go there. They'd be out of food. And these things are so easy to kill that they would just fucking, they would load up a boat. They'd be like, all right, we got them all. Mm-hmm. And they, had, they were fatty, so they were easy to eat and all this shit. That's pretty wild. Um, I'll check it out. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's a really fucking dope book. And it's easy to read. That's a good thing about it. Nice. I think I read it over the Hawaii break. Nice. 
That's pretty wild. Uh, Sixth extinction, man. Six. That's a crazy thing. Like I, I saw a thing that Rick Santorum, <laughs> he quoted a. Jesus. Yeah, he, Rick Santorum is basically tweeting about uh, climate change. He said, uh, "What did he say? Something like, um, I can't believe liberals like believe this that you know, uh, you know, solar is reliable." And he put clouds and nighttime. And then, <laughs> and then, like wind, reliable, like you know, uh, something like you know, like you know, there's not always wind. You're like Jesus, fucking Christ, Jesus. And, and, and then there's this cool, uh, there's a quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is the opposite, and basically like, you know, thousands of years from now, or like aliens are looking at us and being like, all these people are fighting wars over, you know, oil in the dirt, when there's like the biggest energy source. Like floating in the sky. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's true, like. Yeah, it's just interest. Yeah, like people's, uh, the Rick Santorums and the Rex Tillersons of the world. Yeah, they have other. It's money. Motives, of course. Yeah. Money. That's, yeah, when it's that, the, that's pretty crazy to think about. The, um, slightly related, not really, but the, um, there's people in general that are, that are, you know, like in politics or Republicans that we're seeing now is that. They're just so goddamn like shameless that it's pretty crazy to think of how they operate in that fashion and how they're yeah. able to and they don't give a fuck. They're I just don't understand the argument about like like li- you you know we know as humans that like it is proven that like we are causing global warming and that's really simple to prove because you can make a small experiment. We could turn this room into an experiment on global mm-hmm. warming mm-hmm. and add, you know, carbon minimal uh, <laughs> you can add the gases and you can see temperature rise and yeah you know it's it's the earth is like that but the earth is a big lab and it's actually really tiny compared to the universe sure so it's easy to understand the science behind it um so you know we're doing harm you know we're like making the the planet like less healthy and you know there's an alternative at this point yes it is more expensive but i don't like like people are like, oh no, it's too expensive. You know, we need we need coal jobs and we need oil jobs. We're <laughs> like, no, like why don't you just change your mind a little bit <laughs> and just like let's put a lot of energy and effort yeah. as like a society into like sun yeah. in the solar. Yeah, like Not what's a so finite? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so like it's so really crazy to be that like that people are like arguing over this. <laughs> No, I mean, they obviously don't care or are considering the future in a way. You know, they're like, let's live now. Like, we're going to use the resources now because that's what we need to use. And there's no point in, in thinking about the future if you're just trying to, like, satisfy yourself in, in the present <clears throat> or trying to. Um, yeah. Yeah. That That's sadly, I think, is that's what it is in some fashion, you know. Like, yeah. Like, like not a, really thinking forward, or you know, something as simple as that. You know that they, they're just like, like, I, like I was saying, just like shameless and like, yeah, almost fucking pretty disturbing to think that it, that people take pride in that. You know that they're oh, they totally take pride yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people get really angry about um, um, Elon Musk because you know he's relied a lot on like government, um, <laughs> basically, uh, you know grants and and whatever to do development of the stuff he's working on whether it's spacex or tesla or whatever 
um i don't know why like i just like i don't have a problem with that if i want my like i would I, that's kind of where i want my money going yeah. is like to develop like dope shit like that that'll yeah. be like better for us in the future and like yeah he's gonna get fucking rich but he's also put a lot of his own money into it and i would rather that money go there there's a shitload more money going into the fucking war machine and into the fucking like you know oil and gas subsidies that like yep. it's a drop in the bucket compared to all that shit so like it's crazy it's fucking mm-hmm. crazy yeah check that book out it sounds cool and especially in the the context of a sort of six extinction and the i had never really read um <clears throat> like anything solid about the matter yeah um until this book so now I'm, I'm gonna fucking get a Prius or something. <laughs> I don't know what you can do about it. Yep. I mean, I think the big thing you get a vote and all that shit. For but sure. Anyway, that's a dope book. You should read it. Are you reading anything? Uh, right not right now. Um, what the fuck we've been doing? Um, back here in the states, here in the humble Bay Area, the San Jose. Uh, yeah, we're just like Jesus was saying earlier. We moved to this spot here, um, keeping the, the El Mundo going. Like, yeah, I guess while you were gone, we did the Pulga one, the one where we read the comments, and then this one that just came out today, where we went to the uh, Oracle Arena in Oakland for yeah. Game Two. It is now tonight is game in like what is it like an hour? An hour, yeah, Game, game Four. four. The fucking Cavaliers about to get swept would be crazy, but um, yeah, it's. I think yeah, it's been fun to uh, work on the man on the street stuff and yeah, definitely to, getting better. To get better you at just it, yeah. Feel like a lot more natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool too. Um, yeah, we're always talking about how you, when you go out and you're a smaller crew and operation like this Madre is in general, you know, like it's sometimes like nerve-wracking to try and do everything you know because you're not you're worrying about the motherfucking camera the audio and trying to get people and you think of other shows that are you know like the daily shows or whatever they have you know like dp yeah yeah the guy guy, guy who's producer uh, the wrangler the the talent is just focused on talent you know he's just focused on his questions and interacting not all this other bullshit but um, I don't know. It's it's fun too. To at the same time, it is fun to try and take all that on at the same time and yeah. make it happen. Um, but generally, yeah, it's it is cool to talk to people and to kind of see what they're what they're thinking. It, it is silly a lot of the time, but I think it's um, there's something cool about kind of like the on the ground on on the street stuff where you like talk to people and it's not like has anybody gotten pissed over the last two. Um, sort of at the, the Oakland one, there was this guy, the reason I blurred his face out was because afterwards he was getting like super heated. He's like, Hey man, you can't use my, don't use this uh, footage. Don't use it. Like I'll sue you if you use it. I was like, all right, man, just chill out. So <laughs> he was super drunk and uh, apparently okay. he, uh, he was also like injured. He was like in the handicap section he was talking about how he played basketball for like a large part of his life and he fucked himself up and he looked like he was like on like painkillers and he was like <laughs> drinking in his car so uh, yeah that's the one thing i definitely need to get better at just not giving a fuck more and just really like digging like it's a question of like ethics you know of whether you're uh, <laughs> you should cross the line and yeah. then i know that i think we have 
you know, not to be fucking a cocker about or anything, but I think we do have the sort of like uh, um, moral compass to like apt to, to make sure that we don't do yeah. anything or post anything stupid. So even if you do cross the line while you're on the field, then you should stop it if it's in the edit, you know, like yeah, if you're, yeah. when you're going to post something yeah. and you shouldn't, shouldn't do it. And yeah. so just making sure you get it all. And yeah, and when you're out there, you just have to get as much footage as possible and, and not trip over yourself and, you know, just make notes to myself while we do it, you know, like let the, the let the person talk, let the, per, like finish talking before you mm-hmm. say anything. Uh, don't say that's what's up after every goddamn, <laughs> which I did once here. But yeah, you catch yourself and it's, you know, I've talked about this before about how being in front of the camera is not something that I really wanted to do, like starting out like three years ago, but it's fun too, you know, it's it's fun to, to try and get better at that because um, it, it's definitely like something that you can work on and get better at, just like anything else. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, you know, thinking about people like I fucking bring this fool up all the time, but you know, Conan, yeah. he always talks about how he he describes himself as not being like very talented, but that he works super fucking hard. He's like, yeah. I know that there are people that are ta- more talented than I am, but I put the fucking work in, and you know, I yep. just keep grinding, 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 and then something will come out of that. So I think yeah. this is kind of that process of, of yeah. trying to figure that out and. Um, eventually, yeah, you know, getting the proper <clears throat> resources and stuff to the the proper like funding to really go out and and make take this to the next level, which we're hopefully in the process of doing. But yeah, yeah. it'll happen eventually, <laughs> I think. You know, if you just keep doing it, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's, you, it's funny what you said a second ago about letting people talk. But I have this book that I was actually reading uh, on the trip as well. This other book that. It's just a book of uh, interviews of Errol Morris. Nice. And um, oh, the fucking master. The master. <laughs> He's a weird dude. He's a really weird dude. Um, <laughs> but that's what he says. He says that his interview style is to just let people talk. Like mm-hmm. he says, he will like ask a question, and then like it, he doesn't care if it gets a little uncomfortable. He just won't like if people pause for a little bit. He doesn't, he, he, he like purposely does not like interject. Yeah. He'll just let people sit. And then he's like, people will just start talking mm-hmm. and people will start saying weird shit. That's true. So he's like, just let people talk. That's his style. Just let people talk. That's his whole fucking approach. That's funny. Yeah. Down. You know, find interesting people or, you know, an interesting yeah. topic or an interesting place or whatever and just let them talk. And they'll eventually like say something fucking wacky I think or we, weird or whatever. I think we were witness to that in some fashion when we were doing the Chris Ariola because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's funny like we never did anything with those interviews with the people like his yeah. dad and his his, um, his oh, wife his and dad stuff was, yeah well they were all like that yeah that's true the same thing because yeah. yeah Chris shout out to Chris uh, he you know he's a kind of a intense person you know so yeah um, when we were talking I thought of this when when we were hang- when and if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it just look up Desmadre Chris Ariola. Uh, we had a few clips with him, um, but yeah, like when when we were interviewing that guy's dad and his and his wife, you know, like we were talking about kind of pretty personal shit. Yeah. And at first, you know, that was like fucking almost four years ago, which is kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Wasn't it three three years? Three ago? years ago, I think. Yeah. But back then, yeah, it was even less. 
uh, aware of this shit, but you know, you, you don't want to cross the line. But yeah, you just kind of bring it up, bring it up, and then they, yeah, they just start fucking talking about it. Yeah. And I think it, it, I feel a lot of people want to tell their story in some yeah. fashion, you know, no, even if it, it is. is troublesome, you know, no. or even if it is well, like. Most people don't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so, so when they get when the opportunity, they get the opportunity yeah. they are more than happy to. To do it, even yeah. if it is fucking like. <laughs> Yeah, messed up the subject matter. Even if it yeah. is messed up, they they want to. So that's like, hey, somebody's cool. listening to me. Exactly. Yeah, and it's good. You know, mm-hmm. a lot more people could listen to me. Sure. So yeah, that's a really good tip. Is just like let people talk. Yeah, and the, I mean, for the man on the street stuff, it's intense too because you're um, definitely. I'm just way too in my head a lot of the time because in my head I'm just like, all right, we just I want to speak to these people for at least like five minutes. You know. Yeah. You don't want to take up too much of their time. And at the end of the day, like, I should just be thinking, like, just go until they stop, you know, mm-hmm. like, just go until they're like, mm-hmm. all right, I got to go. Mm-hmm. But you're like, all right, you don't want to take up too much time. You want to make sure you hit all the questions that you want to hit. And yeah, it's been pretty fun. Probably. No, they're getting good, dude. I think they're getting better for sure. And like, uh, I think the the style of the edits is like kind of finding its groove, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Um, I definitely well. So like, well, we shot the the weed one, the Cinco de Mayo. There was another one, no? or was that it? Yeah, or the with mixtape. The oh right, right, like right. right. So we shot three. We no, yeah, the Trump report card, HempCon, and then Cinco de Mayo, and then I wasn't around for the Pulga or the. Oakland one mm-hmm. but certainly like working on the questions um, I think kind of getting better at that too mm-hmm. just in terms of like posing the que- questions in a provocative but also fun way yeah right like yeah. I think that's the challenge is like how do you I mean, I mean like the the hempcon one I think we went in with too much of a premise yeah because like, it was like you and him and it was like this little story and whatever yeah, and, like yeah. that's probably too much yeah I think what we're realizing or what I've realized is that just think about the topics because like you know the, some of the feedback we got on that was like okay it was funny but like the best one of the best things was like that black dude talking about like yeah, the yeah. people getting incarcerated or whatever mm-hmm. so like that's i think what makes this madre this madre is like a little bit of social yeah tongue-in-cheek activism slash exploration or whatever so yeah it's i think it's been good practice and and um and then editing like the the Pulga one was pretty fun too, actually working yeah. on that, just kind of looking at it at the, I think actually like one of the things I'm learning is that like, I mean, this last one I think was really good. I don't know what else was in the footage cause I didn't watch any of it, yeah. but I think it does help to always have a second editor. Yeah. Like just look through the footage and be like, Oh, yeah. that's kind of funny or that's kind of weird. Like just trying to try to catch like a different angle on. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. That's know? what's funny about this one in particular. Cause uh, you know, when myself, if if I'm doing everything, then I will, you know, purposely not use a certain clip for whatever reason, just yeah. because, you know, didn't like how I looked or, or yeah. didn't like what I said or whatever. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you have somebody else, then they'll put it in and be like, this is why it works. And, you know, you shouldn't be such a fucking... Well, there's no self-conscious. <laughs> yeah, there's no self-consciousness when you're not in the, in the, in the image, yeah. right? So... I think it did for that reason alone. Like, I think 
in some way, like, I guess if you were like a total pro, you would like get beyond that and it wouldn't matter. But yeah. I, don't, I think there's always going to be some element of that. I think it's impossible to disassociate yourself yeah. in that, in that way. So I think it's always good to have another person and even just from a storytelling and editing standpoint, yeah. just to, just to have another person anyway. Um, and it's fun. I mean, when I was working, like basically like, so Sammy and, uh, Luis went out and shot, uh, the Pulga one and then like Larissa came and got the the edit yeah. or the she got uh, Larissa got the hard drive because I flew from China directly to Honolulu and then Larissa met uh, met me in Honolulu and uh, she brought the drive and then I worked on it for a day out there and that was actually a lot of fun I mean I was like up till like fucking <laughs> three in the morning one night working on it because I was so fucking jet lagged anyway yeah yeah um but definitely working on the edits is a lot of fun and just trying to make them kind of wacky or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing we've kind of like skirted around with like, the, you know, like doing this bigger project, we're still working on a deal. We can't really talk about it yet, but it's still ongoing. And hopefully um, we can take this to another level pretty soon. But yeah. that's still ongoing. Until then, that's Until what the then. fuck you get. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting on El Mundo, <laughs> Man on the Street every two weeks. <laughs> uh, these these. Yeah. Us being drunks. Yep. Um, what else? Larissa started a new job this week. That's so right. Congrats to Larissa, yeah. my wife, who is now at Airbnb. Um, not a lot other than that. I mean, she's driving all the way up to the city every day now, which is tough. But mm -hmm. um, that was pretty cool, man. She, like, you know, I always say, like, you know, you got to surround yourself with good people and, like, learn from them and, like, I just mad props to my wife Larissa like always like learn a lot from her and like the way she handled that whole job negotiation was really fucking baller and really crazy but um she's got a dope job now and um not that she didn't have a, a good job sure, before but sure. she has like a, a crazy like cool job now um and yeah that was really cool watching her uh figure that out but it was like a two-month process of like interviews and negotiating and like really like it's really crazy out here in Silicon Valley, actually. That's another thing. Like, I mean, people will say, like, it's really expensive to live out here, and it is, and it's a really tough place to be. But, I mean, there. this is really, from what I can tell, like, unless you're, like, in finance and you want to be in New York or some shit like that. But um, if you're, like, in tech or you're in marketing or communications or pretty much any sports. part of business, <laughs> sports, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot going on here. And, like, I really, like, tell, like, if you are young in your 20s and just graduate from college, like, it's a great place to be, like, if you want to fucking hustle like hard yep. and you're, you know, whatever, like even if you're in the arts, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot yep. of interesting stuff going on, but yep. um, the amount of business that's going on here and the amount of money that's being thrown around is really impressive and it's a good place to be. So <laughs> anybody who's graduating college and, you know, is looking for jobs, like you should look in the Silicon Valley, come out here, man. It, mm, it, yeah. It's tough, you know, just get some roommates, Yeah, but it's a good place to learn and be around like people who are really pushing it. So um, but yeah, going back to like some of the conversations we had before about being like people like being confident that like change is happening at institutions and stuff. I mean, yeah. it is cool to see that like where people like who are your contemporaries who are like now in leadership positions at these companies and stuff. And, yep. you know, they have definitely have always included Larissa in that, but it, it's cool to see her uh, really push it. And uh, yeah, so she's at Airbnb now. Um. Fuck else. Fuck else. 
That's pretty much it as far as the general updates. Um, man, you remember that cat that we had that lived outside? Mama cat? Yeah. She's gone, dude. Shit. Man. What the fuck? I don't know, man. La Selva. <laughs> predator, man. Shit. Happens, man. Like, when we were in Hawaii. Holy the shit. The landlord was looking after her and feeding her every day, but he was just like, I don't know what happened. Like, after a couple of days, she just wasn't around. Hmm. So it's been two weeks, man. Fuck. So, man, rest in peace to Mama Cat. Hopefully, she comes huh. back. But if not, you know, she had a good life. Holy she, shit. She was out there. Like, we've lived there like six or seven years now. Huh. Is, she was there from day one. Um, yeah, Mama Cat's gone. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably Holy seen a shit. photo of, of, of Mama Cat, but... Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, uh, my my neighbor has chickens, huh. and uh, yeah, my landlord said that some of the chickens have gone. They just like disappeared. Huh. So what's out there exactly? I've seen like mountain lions. Supposedly, there's mountain lions, but they're higher up. I've never seen one anywhere near the house. Hmm. Um, I have seen fucking big ass raccoons. Huh. I have seen turkeys which wouldn't do anything i've seen deer which wouldn't do anything and i have seen foxes but only once maybe twice and they're not that big they're maybe like as big as like a small dog Hmm. like really kind of bushy-tailed fox um but a fox could probably take out uh, i don't know but mama cat was like a double-edged sword because we started feeding her she got a little chunky Hmm. probably took down her killer (laughs) factor you know yeah um but oh shit that reminds me uh this is slightly this is not related but uh our um our roommate's uh brother is gonna be living with us for a little bit he's like going to school and stuff and uh you got another one sure yeah my uh yeah so my roommate's brother is uh, living with us for a few weeks or a few months and um uh, there's like an extra room at our house that like that we don't use and uh, he was like moving all his stuff in and like about like two weeks ago like we started like smelling something really fucking weird coming from the that room and we're like what the fuck he doesn't fuck? listen to this podcast does he no no <laughs> no well we luckily we found what it was but like for like two weeks we were just like what the fuck is that and like the room was kind of messy and uh, my roommate keeps her daughter's stuff in there so I didn't want to like look through anything and so I was like what the fuck is that and uh, I thought it was like something in the sink had like gotten rotten or something or there was like a dead rat or something and it was it was getting really foul actually and then so they just like two days ago they were cleaning out that that room and my fucking roommate had forgot to take out like this basket of boiled eggs from easter oh oh. i have like really bad uh like gag reflexes like even thinking (laughs) about it right now is like making me but like yeah they found it in she was like, "Oh my god!" And she like took it out, and I, it was fucking disgusting. So, be sure to clean your houses, everybody, and don't leave. I'm trying to figure out. Well, it, like, so it's like three months, basically. Yeah. Of, of no, I'm just trying to figure out how that, how the cat story might. Did you were you thinking of a dead cat somewhere? No, I was thinking of a dead rat, or I was thinking of sort of like. Uh, um, You're thinking of a dead animal. Yeah, yeah, I was actually, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, and this one might be, and. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. Uh rest in peace, Mama Cat, rest in peace, Easter eggs. Yep. Those are <laughs> those are aborted eggs. No, they're yeah. not aborted. They were just never Well yeah, they were just they eggs. They were boiled and <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Damn, that sucks though, man. Sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's pretty sad. She was a nice cat. Well, how, where did you find that cat again? Or was it? She lived there. I mean, okay. when we moved in, she was just roaming around. Holy shit! And so we just kind of started taking care of her. I got yeah. her. I got her spade or whatever it was, and hmm. just started to kind of feed her. And we had a little, little outdoor cat house for her. Um, but she always stayed outside. She stayed outside. She wasn't allowed inside because hmm. she was kind of. She wasn't feral, but she wasn't exactly like. Like if you walked up to her standing up, she would run away. Hmm. But if you like sat down on the ground, she would eventually walk up to you because hmm. she wanted to be a pet. Hmm. Um, but she was like really sweet. But it happens. It happens. Uh, what else? Uh, God, that was like something else I was about to mention. Fuck else. Damn it, I can't remember. Other books. You know what I started reading? Remember last time I mentioned a War and Peace? Yeah. The the TV show and whatnot. So like I was like, man, that was like such a good show. Like I need to read some like Tolstoy, you know? Yeah. I started reading Anna Karenina. Yeah, yeah. Karenina? Uh-huh. Anna Karenina. <laughs> I'm like 20% through it right now, man. It's really good. Nice. Yeah, I'm like yeah. all into the fucking like, you know, romance novels right now. Nice. Um, But it's really fucking good. And it's like, uh, you know, um, those books, like those classics, like those, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know who writes like that anymore. Does anybody like, I mean, have you a, read anything contemporary that's like that, like fucking epic? In No, I mean, I wouldn't know, first of all, but I think just the, the, the medium changes. And back then, you know, like in the 19th and even the most of the 20th century the the novel was you know like a really sort of like elite not elite but you know it was like the premiere or like it was the equivalent of binge watching yeah yeah <laughs> or making a binge watchable <laughs> no but shit. consuming it yeah you know, yeah consuming oh a for sure for like sure for sure watching. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah i don't think people do that anymore i don't think um uh, uh, reading like moby dick is like what there's not going to be like another like Moby Dick in novel form. You know I the. You know which one is the the my struggle. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah yeah yeah. You heard of that? Did I tell you about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good too. I mean, that's a really big kind of book, but it's not. It's very personal. It's about one character, like, yeah. and even what I've been surprised about, and Corinne, and you know, I'm not. I'm like only twenty percent through it or whatever. Is that yeah. like, it's so much bigger. It's not just about one character. Yep. It's about the whole like group of society that that she's a part of or whatever and i think yeah i mean the novel is outdated i don't i don't mean that in a sort of like negative or shitty millennial way but uh yeah there's not yeah there's not gonna be fucking like dostoevsky type of like really dense ass novels i don't think coming out because did you read dostoevsky i've read like the the fucking like crime and punishment and that's pretty good yeah that one's awesome yeah that's crazy you know i mean yeah those are um, oh shit! I just stopped recording. People who need to write more of that shit. Not me. That's a lot of work. <laughs> like crime and punishment is amazing. What's funny is that even back then, all these guys, you know, there was very few like successful like writers yeah. of novels and stuff. So um, to put all that time into doing something like that, you'd have to really like want to do it. And it has to be fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't think you could find, like, you. I don't think you could even make a fucking living doing, like, being, like, a a writer. And, and again, I think, I think people back then also would do other types of writing as, like, a gig or mm-hmm. job, whether it was, like, a column or something or... I don't know. I don't know anything about <clears throat> the writers themselves and what their lives were like. You know, what kind of life did yeah, Tolstoy yeah. live and did he have any success as he was when he was still alive? Right, right. He, I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah. That was so good. I, mean, I think the craziest one is, um, not craziest, but one of the more, like, peculiar stories is uh, Kafka. Because he was, like, a bank teller. Or he was, like, he worked at a bank. And he really? Was, yeah, yeah. And... Um, I haven't read Kafka. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. He's crazy, man. He like uh, if you're I feel like I really like him just because he's really sort of like sinister and hmm. really sort of fucking weird as fuck given like the the time period and he um are his novel are they like novels or are they like They he he did a lot of uh, short stories okay. and I think he has like two or three novels. Yeah. But what's crazy is that he he died like not being known as a writer and his friend published all this shit after he died interesting so have you have you read uh what's his name juan carlos williams mm-hmm. that's another one you just remind me of him because juan carlos williams is like a poet and a short story writer and he was like this i think he was puerto rican uh lived in the east coast but he was a doctor and he wrote like in the evenings hmm. um and his stuff is pretty good too but like his short stories and shit um but yeah Anna Karenina reading it right now it is pretty good yeah if you think of like if you're someone that's trying to if you're trying if you're like a writer trying to be you know like a legitimate writer trying to write novels and shit you're fucking not making any fucking money and then the cash me outside girl makes like some shit on like Instagram <laughs> she's like a millionaire and shit she's like, like fuck commit suicide <laughs> like if you want to commit suicide just start writing a novel and then pay attention to like social media people who make money and then you just want yeah. to fucking murder yourself yeah so that's why I think it's like a really extreme version now of, of the the split between like being able to make a mon- to make a living as like yeah. an artist or writer or whatever and sort of like the general social media landscape that exists right now this is pretty crazy where people can make a shitload of money like pretty quickly and yeah. without doing shit you know just Kylie Jenner just wears like <laughs> like an Adidas sweatshirt or something in one of her Instagram stories and they'll give her like 40 grand or something so <laughs> <laughs> so there's that they've been pushing champion a lot yeah yeah right yeah yeah on the, for whatever reason I wish if anybody listening to this knows is into fashion like why the fuck is that making like a comeback because they probably were like, "Hey, we should just start putting money into the Kardashians and Kanye." And yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, they have a whole line with some designer like it actually looks pretty dope. Like yeah, there's like a bunch of shit at Urban end. Outfitters too. Yeah, with, the high end champion mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because that brand was like garbage. Was like, <laughs> like I mean, like three years ago actually, I remember uh, when we were at when we were shooting the Chris thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were down there for like a few weeks and like it got cold and I was like, man, I need a sweatshirt. Remember we went to oh, Sears? Oh, that's right, yeah. I bought like a champion hoodie. That's hilarious, And a yeah. sweatshirt at Sears for like, you know, $8 or some shit yeah. like that. And like now that's it's probably like, like, yeah, like $40 or something. Yeah. $40 hoodie, probably more. Anybody rocking champion? <laughs> rocking champion? How long have we been going? 
Uh, it doesn't say on here. It's fucking measuring in, in beats. Beats. This garage man. of a beat. Probably like a little over an hour at this point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's all that's been going on. Just been traveling, um, trying to read books. That was one of my goals, and I haven't really stuck to it. I mean, a little bit. Like, you know, I finished my struggle. I remember at the beginning of the year, I said I wanted to, like, read more. Yeah. Become yeah. more, like, just a little more socially literate, if you will. Sure. Um, I haven't read the Ten Hesse Coates book. Hmm. I haven't oh, seen yeah. it. They're waiting. Have you read that? Mm-mm. I need to get, also do that. I feel like I've totally neglected reading for, like, the last, like, two years, really. I. It's crazy though when you when you I mean I always tell people like when especially filmmakers when they're like what should I do like yeah I'm yeah just like shut the fuck up and just read yeah that's what if you watch interviews with people like like screenwriters or yeah. like they a lot of them literally say read fucking Shakespeare like yeah um, yeah you know master craftsman and, and yeah which I, I which mean, means at this point in this day and age let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves. You just go to Spark Notes, you know, and read what the <laughs> fuck that shit is about. Because I don't think anybody can like legitimately read like a Shakespeare play and like understand everything that's going on. So, uh, but the point is, you yeah, should be able to. No, no, you can't. Like, no, like the you have to have all like plays that are like Shakespeare plays that are out now. Like they all have like footnotes. Sure, I'm not saying that sure. you have to do shoes like Spark Notes or anything, but. They all have like the little yeah. footnotes that yeah. tell you what whatever the fuck word means. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. Uh, in terms of filmmaking, for sure, is like the written like novels and short stories and like the templates. You know, I think yeah. Somebody for um, sh- for filmmaking, absolutely. There, there were some so, like I think last <clears throat> week, um, Canon announced the new camera, the C two hundred. And like I was with like some coworkers who know like I guess like I'm a filmmaker or whatever. They're like, oh, what do you think about the C two hundred? And I was just—I mean, I was kind of like being like a cock, I guess. I was just like, uh, just like write a good screenplay. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it yeah. d- does not matter. Yeah. It's like I'm—I'm I'm not into cameras. I don't really care. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, which is unfortunate, I think, because I think a lot of, depending on how you look at it, I guess. But for people that are trying to to stay, I guess, like ahead of the curve like visually in yeah. terms of like getting the the newest camera or whatever yeah. then if you get that and then you go and then you take some pictures or video and you make like a lookbook and it looks like super clean if like then people on the surface think that you're like legitimate yeah but if you're thinking about actual storytelling and filmmaking and stuff then yeah then that should shouldn't matter <laughs> like you should be able to use yeah, your fucking iphone yeah i mean I'm, I'm, i guess it just depends what you want to do i'm like if you're a dp i guess that could matter yeah if yeah, all you want to do is shoot yeah then the camera should matter for sure and, yeah and, you know you should have the best tools at your disposable but even then like yeah i agree even then like it's at a point where like if you can't do something good with what's there now, then you're just crap because yeah. it's all really good now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Remind me of this. Maybe we can end on this because otherwise we just keep going. But that's why I'm like I've been so obsessed with like Death Grips for so long. Like since uh, you actually showed them to me in 2010 because they came out with that the guillotine video where he's like driving around in that car or whatever. The Prius. And, yeah. The Prius video. Is it one? Is it? 
They they shoot it with the rear cam of the Prius. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like literally the so, rear camera, and he's behind the car. Yeah, like, yeah. Doing all that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. why I'm like really obsessed with that, like um, that project as known as Death Grips. It breeds like a lot of really shitty fans, like um, a yeah. lot. Like for some reason, like they they are like really kind of popular with like the 4chan, like the aggressive bros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. but yeah. as like an art unit, like they're really fucking interesting and cool because they're more or less like just shitting on what we're talking about right now in terms of like what tools you're supposed to use or what you're not supposed to use and a lot of this stuff is like really grating you know it's like really like aggressive and mm-hmm. i don't it takes a certain kind of person to actually like enjoy or like actually want to like consume it's really their, good though yeah but they're fucking really cool and i've been following him for like yeah the better part of like seven, seven years, years at this years point at this point yeah Sacramento represent? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Sacramento, the Zach Hill and the other guy. Though. I, I, I was uh, sharing this song with JT earlier that is like a kind of a throwback song. This is have you heard of these uh Buster Rhymes went and redid like Calm Down, that song Calm Down? Mm-mm. But like I mean it's been a it's actually like a year and a half or two years old already. But for some reason it came up in like a random playlist I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, This is really good. This is like this is this is gonna sound like night. I'm gonna just gonna play it right now. But, <laughs> and it's it's so weird because like it's got Eminem and he's like he sounds like old but in a good way. Hmm. But it's also weird because he's like using all these like words that rappers don't use a lot anymore. It's like faggot and all this stuff. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but you're like, whoa, this is like I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was pretty like listen to this. This. <laughs> Rhymes. <laughs> and we get to the uh, fucking uh, <laughs> I was listening to this and I was like, that was like really cool in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Buster Rhymes and Eminem like were two fucking like yeah, like 15 years ago, those guys yeah. were like the not necessarily death grips, but yeah, they were definitely like really like unique, like not necessarily like mainstream they they obviously yeah. went super mainstream but they, they were, were aggressive like, I mean, they were super yeah. aggressive yeah. And, yeah but yeah listening to that especially with that beat that beat right, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh 
I was listening. I, you know, I was like listening to some random like playlist on Spotify when I was like working out like in China actually, and that song came up, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was like, "Oh man, I feel like an old guy." That's hilarious for liking this. And then he dropped the whole faggot, and I was like, "Should I like this song?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This song is kind of jacked." I'm like, "Uh," I was like, "I'm not gonna lie, I actually like this song." But I think it's just like taking you back. For sure. It's like make America great again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make America homophobic and racist again. Yep. All right. Um, so I think I'm going to be in town for the next few weeks. So hopefully uh, I'll knock out a few more podcasts and we'll get our office settled here. Uh, but appreciate the likes, the follows, the shares, the subscribes, etc., etc. Yep. Um, we definitely are still trying to grow our shit. So if you like this podcast, if you like our YouTube channel, please tell your friends about it. Share it on social media. Um, one of the things that always gets me, actually, like a lot of people have told me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm on my third beer here. I'm a little gassy. Um, <laughs> People will be like, I really like your stuff, but I can't share it. Because, whatever. Like, I have friends who, or work coworkers who, like, I'm friends with on social media or whatever. And it really, really, really annoys me when people tell me that. Because I feel like we're not really that edgy. We're not, like, it's not that bad what we're doing. It's really not that crazy. And I always get, like, maybe this is, like, I don't know if this is right or not, but I always feel like people feel like there's a there's the edginess and there's also the Latino, like, fucking, like, unapologetic, like, fucking beanerness of it that people feel, like, shame about. <laughs> I don't know. Like, honestly, like, I feel like there's some weird thing going on there yeah. where people, like, talk about that. And I'm just, like fucking share this shit shut the fuck up <laughs> like if you're like you know jewish people like they're all like you know basically i'm always like look it's just like mel brooks or judd apatow or whatever just being unapologetic and talking about their jewishness or their whatever you know like that's the same thing there's nothing crazy about being like unapologetic you know we're not like just being Latino because of like, oh, we want to be edgy. It's just like, it's just what we are. So it gets, it really bothers me when people say that. Yeah. I mean, I'll just wait until we have a little more clout and all these motherfuckers are going to be sharing it all of a sudden. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's part, I think that's part of it too, is that, um, that. But you you want to be on the forefront of that, so just share it now. You want to uh, yeah, absolutely. You want to yeah, be I like, no, nah, I was on that <laughs> shit before you were on that shit. Sure. So if yeah. you like it, just fucking share it. There's yeah. no shame in this shit. Like, yeah. fucking, you just own it. Like the whole fucking thing is like, like I was like we were talking like the way we pitch some of this stuff is like we're just two beaners in a garage. Now we're two beaners in a basement, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, like even Larissa would be like, ah, the word beaner sounds really strong. But I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Own it. Yeah. I'm yeah. down. So if you like this beaner shit, share it. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dismadre. Get a t shirt, dismadre.com forward slash store. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, Stitcher, what am I saying? 
iTunes or Stitcher, uh, please SoundCloud. leave <laughs> SoundCloud too. Leave a review. And please, I think the most important thing is just to share this stuff. Yep. If you like it, quit, quit being a bitch and just share this shit. All right, we'll see you next week. Peace.